that's where hardcore is a positive thing because you got all this negative energy that people carry inside and and hardcore has always been like a good way to release all that you know what i mean we, we go to a show and i can guarantee you i don't care if there's 20 kids or 200 kids or 2,000 kids whatever they're all there to feel you know to get the same aggression out that we are and so that's like a positive thing i mean there's always going to be problems in the world but you know if we can all stick together and just kind of you know work through it together and that's what hardcore is about you're listening to dead air two hours of hardcore radio on nwcvradio.com giving you the best of hardcore punk and so much more now let's get to moshing Guys, go ahead and uh, 
introduce yourselves names and and uh what you what you guys do in your uh rock group <laughs> uh i'm roger i play guitar and loves red um and yeah i guess that's all you need to know about me <laughs> i'm jeff and i play bass and love is red i guess that's all you need to know about me <laughs> there, there, not, there's not there's there's not more, there's not more to know is that so interview? no more dimensions to us <laughs> interview interview over uh we're for, done. <laughs> we're for done. 17 years we've done zero things until this reunion and nothing in between nothing in nothing in not not, not one thing you guys have That's a- just ex- just been floating yeah. around existing as almost hibernating in the ether yeah right. almost almost as like spirits just yeah just, fl- just out there watching uh, exactly. waiting, waiting for your chance to come exactly. back into society <laughs> yeah. that's right Be- beautiful but uh i mean i'm sure you guys are just i feel like you guys have to be just as shocked as everyone anybody else who remembers you guys because when i first saw the name love is red on a on a uh like on a flyer for the first time in like forever i w- i had to i had to take a del- i had to take a double take especially for like that fur- the furnace fest whole like lineup like i had to i had to take some i had to take some double takes because i started like having to to uh be like okay is that this is this is is this real is this band actually playing because they're for for a second i i swear like i think there were just so many bands from just like the era that you guys like started that yeah i that i started making up bands in my head that were actually i i swore because i talked um uh, to Jews and Misery Signals uh, last year, I, talk, I swore that fucking uh, Seven Angels, Seven Plagues was on that fucking. Yeah, well, they they started an Instagram right around the same time, and we're like, oh, okay, they're gonna be on. Like it was like kind of, we started our Instagram in February of last year. I think you actually messaged us. I didn't see it until like just a month ago, um, but yeah they started an instagram and so same thing i was just like oh yeah they're gonna be playing and then i don't know if we were talking in the group texts or what jeff but somebody was just like yeah i wish they were playing i was i looked i was like oh shit they're not playing so i had no idea i yeah i had to i had to well because so much time passed too because this was uh furnace fest was set to to be last year yeah last last what uh is it November. Or- uh, I think it was last September, right? September, yeah. sometime in those months. And then they yeah. were going to move it to May, and then it got fucked up again. So now it's back to September again. Yeah, and it seemed like uh, around that time, every band started making Instagram accounts from that era. Yeah. So I think it caused a, a little bit of confusion. But- yeah, no, and I and I get it. Like some people just want to do because I know. I know Inside Out just like just recently did a, just put up an Instagram uh, in the last month, but I, that doesn't mean anything. That just means that just means uh, you know they want to put up old show flyers and some and I get and I and I completely uh, get that for historical reasons. But yeah, like with 
furnace fest and all that and all that uh stuff people just like out of nowhere just starting to make instagrams i was like in the set in the seven in the uh seven angels one was pretty active for a minute so i was like what i was like what's going well, like what's going on with this and then i just like time has passed and so much happened that i that i had in in my mind uh that oh these bands are 100 percent playing and so much time passed i had to double take and be like oh okay this is this is what this is what the lineup is this is what this is what actually is uh is going on but uh when when things got moved around were you guys just uh were you guys like because i i feel like if sometimes it'd be like okay well i can't wait i can't wait a year to to do this show so we're not going to do it so when you knew things were going to get like uh pushed back where you guys be like all right we're just gonna we're gonna hold on and play it whenever it happens yeah i mean it's easy for us because we're not really an active band per se so we didn't have anything else tying us down so um it was like eh, what's another year uh so we were going to play it no matter what. So they asked us again to see if we were one of the bands that wanted to come back, and we all we all agreed to. Yeah, exactly. we didn't have other plans for like the EP or the other show going on, but yeah, I'm... it's it's actually amazing how many bands did come back, and of course a few of them did start dropping a little bit, but. Uh... I was surprised at how close the lineup was because I was figured next year some bands would either just be like, why do I even agree to this in 2020 and like just stuff <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, it's kind of like what Jeff said. We didn't really have anything else going on. So it was just like, why not play it? It's like a weekend. It's not like it's taking that much out of our lives to be able to it. So yeah, we're stoked. I mean, it'd be the first time in 11 years that we've all been in the same city <laughs> much yeah. less same room so i uh, we're taking it kind of a family reunion type thing too so yeah well i knew it it's it's even with just like shit like that it's it's i feel like easier said than done i have my like just even like it's been like for like since i've like left high school anybody who's like i consider my best friend just for just for getting together like i'll be like all right uh let's let's hang out five years later (laughs) so it's just like i it's it's it sucks even like like even more for people who have like real real adult lives to 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 be like oh well i could i could feasibly make that happen but you know you never fucking know yeah most of us it's definitely i mean it has its challenge a couple of us have kids uh and you know my son starts kindergarten a week before the um the the fest so it definitely had to take that in question but my wife was real supportive and and uh it's cool but yeah i mean it was it seemed to be a lot easier than uh it should have been considering we live in four different states yeah and yeah and, and we all have real jobs and uh but we're of us are, are in our 40s 90 percent of us will be yeah so, so i and i feel like you like there's there's 
just as amount of like old band like on this uh on this uh, thing as there is like a lot of uh, newer groups that are that are getting thrown in the mix and very popular ones of course like uh i believe knock loose is playing that fest correct yeah turnstile and so like so like with that there it's it's an uh, it's an introduction uh especially when uh a band has been you know out of out of the picture for so long so for anybody who's uh for anybody who's listening who hasn't listened to your band let's uh kind of let's uh talk through just your band a little bit and let and uh have people get to know you guys let's talk uh let's just talk like the timeline of like beginning to beginning the missing pages and to now um like because so for me like a lot of the bands like uh in the pacific northwest who were like who really loved that kind of um heavy versus melodic sound like loved you guys anybody who had a sound that was similar to to your to your to love is red they'd always be like this is the band that i'm like uh trying to to emulate like so i was lucky enough to like if it wasn't for other bands that i loved saying that this you guys were their influence i might have not known about you guys right like right away and and even then it was you know a couple years after you guys stopped stopped playing like i would say i would say between like late uh you know late 06 late and um mid 07 i heard uh, about you guys like oh this is this is cool and this is whole that whole like uh just the whole style that you guys like formed was like my i felt like at the time was my like hardcore identity if it was like if it sounded like your guys's band i knew i was gonna like it yeah so uh, a shout out to open fire yes (laughs) 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 so the the they, they can listen to this later um yeah i can start and then i'll let jeff fill in some of the blanks but it we started in 2000 it was a completely different lineup i've I stay consistently through the band, but um, we start because one of the big questions that's usually when we do like a podcast or even like a written interview, it's like, how did you come up with that name? Like what? <laughs> and literally our old drummer was just like trying to sound like, because back in the day, like 2000, you got like Hope's Fall, Voice Sets Fire, like just these emo hardcore bands. And I wanted to sound like Shiloh, but we also were a product of the times. We lived in that, 2000s world so we're like oh love is red that sounds that that it's the first kind of um it was it was a lot more like that back and forth between clean and and heavy and stuff like that um have you heard the original like lp like all that's ahead because most people just heard the hardest bite no that's the 2002 one i just is that the 2002 lp uh 2000 2000 i don't remember so is it just okay so, so i was going to talk about that because yeah i found i found uh somebody recently uploaded it to youtube yeah oh uh, is it the x deca x yeah so, something something like that so yeah so he's like from like I, czechoslovakia or something or that's, that's not even the country anymore the czech republic 
I'm gonna be honest. I had no idea this that LP exists. Most people don't. Um, and I listened to this. Uh, I I was doing some research, like like just a you know a few weeks ago when we started when we started talking, and yeah. and I was like, because I knew you guys had me had some music um, out. I've heard like like there's been like songs in that styling of that LP, like that have been thrown around like on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah. But I didn't know if you had a full tangible uh, record prior to, uh, to hardest fight, except I thought maybe, okay, maybe some demos and shit, but I didn't know you guys had a full ass LP. So I listened to it. Honestly, I fucking, I, I love that. I, <laughs> honestly, the vote, the, like I know you guys kind of you go more into like a you know a hardcore shoutier vocal with hardest fight that that kind of kind of goes with your contemporaries of of the time yeah um, and has has a lot of you know vocals that remind me of like you know like the remembering never and stuff and stuff to to go to go perfectly with like what uh, heavy music and hardcore influenced metal was doing at that time and then and then also that's kind of the same with 2002 you guys are talking about like the emotional like i like the i really uh, and i i do love the vocals on on hardest fight and um this newer um this newer release but i really do uh i do like uh cuz it it was it's it's definitely looking at things like almost like like a time machine of this is yeah. the sound of what's going on right now uh, yeah exactly what was going on that we like uh, to back up to how the band began i started a band with a guitarist that we we never mentioned his name because he sucks but um started a band <laughs> with this kid and uh he was like let's start a band that sounds like shy Lude. and you know like back then it was like shy Lude, stretch armstrong voice of fire like post all the emo hardcore stuff and so, um, let me back up. Shadow was not emo hardcore, but like, like I said, the, some of those bands were. And so uh, he met up, we practiced at his house, and he was writing riffs like Hatebreed. And I was like, this is some bullshit. And it was me, Rob, and Dane were some of the original members. So we went outside to take like a break, and he was in there, like the kid was still writing his guitar parts. And I was like, we, this band is not going to happen. We're not going to do this band. This is stupid. And Rob's like, dude, you write music for like, we were in like this metalcore band before Love is Red. And he's like, just write a song, like take over. <laughs> and so I went in and wrote one of the songs that's on that, that LP and everybody, and I literally wrote it like spur of the moment, just like tried to do, I was like, okay, Shiloh, let's go. Let's see what I can come up with. I wrote it and we're like, this is what we're going to sound like. And we ended up fucking with that kid so much. He quit the band after the second practice. <laughs> and he, uh, later used to complain to us about like how you know the band would have never been anything but that i was like dude you were in two practices like come on but um so we that's how it actually got started um and we started in a small ass town in florence alabama super boring town so all there is to do is try to write music um and yeah we wrote that lp and rob the original vocalist is on the new the ep that we just put out this year he's on the last song um, but his vocal, his vocals have gotten a lot heavier than they were on that EP or the LP back in 2000. He, uh, 
he and I are in a band here in Seattle that's kind of like a doom metal band, and his vocals have gotten really deep. So it sounds more close to Turmoil, I think, on the Darkness is Waiting EP than what he sounded. I mean, he was like 20 back then. So like, you know, his his vocal, his vocal cords have just changed. But he, I like how he sings too and it's new. Uh, but he, yeah, so he, he kind of just split that up with Hunter. But fast forward to Hardest Fight Days, I moved to Nashville and a couple of the dudes, like the original vocalist quit. Um, the bassist and the drummer also quit. The, the drummer was like into medical school stuff and like EMT. Rob just quit because he like met some girl and then like uh, Kinsman, I don't remember why Kinsman quit, but he maybe he's just over Hunter shit, who knows. Um, and then Jeff down below, uh, Jeff and Kyle Mims became, you know, drummer and bassist and Hunter took over on vocals. And I'll let Jeff finish out the hardest fight days to right now. Yeah. That was like the winter. I, I joined the winter of 2002. It was like a week before they were doing a little East Coast tour. I think I learned some of the songs in the uh, in the van on the way to the first show. On the first show, I probably didn't even play the stage. Yeah, the first show I played with them, they just I fell off the stage, <laughs> off over the barricade, uh, and then crawled under the barricade to get back on stage and got tangled up. But it was a mess. Um. Yeah. Then did uh, I think uh, Roger forgot. And you guys forgot that split that they did with um, that band Oliver's Army. There was like a three song split kind of in between those periods. Yeah. And then, yeah, we started recording. I don't even remember how we hooked up with Stillborn Records, but I think at maybe Furnace Fest or something, uh, Jamie approached us and wanted to do a record with us and we recorded it in 2003 put it out in 2004 toured for like a few months straight just like a year and a half straight non-stop and then broke up ghosted everybody really <laughs> ghosted for no not 17 years because we, we did the reunion in 2010 for, yeah we did i mean we and we, it's crazy because we had just signed right before we broke up or um, we had signed a deal with uh, Century Abacus. Music Abacus Records and we're, we're writing for that album. And then, um, yeah, then we, it just. We actually signed a deal. I, I might be lying about the amount of money we were going to get, but wasn't it like 10K or something because we were going to buy a van? <laughs> Huh? It was 20. So we were what 22, 20, or I was like 23 at the time. Yeah. That, I mean, if you're thinking about real big bands, like that's not even that crazy amount of money, but we're like, we're rich. Like we thought <laughs> we were like fucking hit the jackpot. But the first thing we were going to do is buy a van because we just drove all these shitty vans that like literally the front like lights, like headlamps just like fall out of the van, like just pieces of crap, like no AC. And we're driving in the Northeast, you know. Uh, I mean, no heat driving in the winter in the Northeast and like freezing to death. And so we're like, we're getting a real van. And we actually did get a van, but uh, we were going to pay that one off yeah. with that money. And like, it, and then luckily we knew actually your friend, Jeff Roy um, was working at Century Media and we had already inked the deal in Atlanta. 
and then uh we were like oh yeah by the way we're breaking up <laughs> and then like as soon as that happened uh roy was just like don't worry about it guys like i'll just make it like nothing ever happened so we didn't <laughs> we didn't get in trouble or any debt or anything that we uh regretted later in life so that's that's good news yeah and yeah and we didn't we're not like yeah luckily we didn't get bound to them or anything but not it wouldn't matter they folded anyway so <laughs> yeah. like a year later they should have taken the twenty thousand. no kidding <laughs> stupid us but at that time they were signing like ignite sick of it all and like a ton of hardcore bands abacus was like that their hardcore branch and um yeah so we were writing for that record and uh i think hunter called us up and was it was done and then i had decided i was moving to chicago and uh it just at that time it was hard for bands to do long distance. Now, I mean, you see it, we're doing long distance. We record an EP. Yeah, on a whole EP in four different cities. Um, but at that time it was just hard. So yeah, I ended up moving to Seattle uh, in 2005 directly after we broke up. And uh, started with Wait in Vain because Tim like wanted me to go on tour. Wait, I wasn't even playing to move from Nashville. Tim was just like, hey, I got this new band. We don't have another guitarist. You want to play with us? And I was like, how about I just move to Seattle? And he's like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> he, he just wanted me to tour. But through touring before, like uh, we played in Seattle at least two or three times. And yeah, uh, five times. Yeah, a lot. Like I know we played Studio 7 with like embrace today and uh, uh honor and champion i think maybe uh misery signals and somebody at a house show up north i forget where but yeah it was some it had a skate i don't know if you know about i don't know if you were around at that time but this was a 2003 we played at this house in seattle area that had a skate ramp inside the house and uh it was the gate somewhere up there i don't know it was it, it, I don't know why that house always comes to mind, but I think we played, I can't remember who we played with, maybe The Answer, someone. Then we played with like Donnie Brooke and uh, Perfect Murder at the Catwalk then, I guess, in Pioneer Square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then uh, that figure four tour. But yeah. That champion. But then I basically moved out because i was just like i don't have a band and broke up with a girlfriend at the time and i was like i'm moving out i'll just play in wait in vain but then wait in vain did one tour and then stopped for like four years yeah and so right as soon as the wait in vain tour was done seeking ships was like oh our guitarist is quitting to move to portland you're in and so i was like all right and so i just like constantly just kept playing and then in between that like sinking ships broke up in like 2009 and uh at the, I don't know when we started talking about that reunion show, but it was either late 2009 or 2010. It was 2010. We just like, were like, hey, what if we could all actually be together when the like Christmas holidays happen and like end up playing the show? And I don't remember anything else, but it actually working out. And I flew back for like a week. We practiced, which is exactly what I'm going to do for this thing, like a week early. Um, we just practiced our asses off at, at our drummer's house um, and then did that reunion show in 2010. 
then you have the long silence because we just there wasn't we all had our lives going on there was no interest in like pursuing love's red stuff anymore furnace fest asked us to play we're like yeah that's that's cool we'll do the same thing we did last time when the pandemic hit and we knew it was going to be like you're locked down you're fucked um in april of 2020 i got furloughed from my job and so i had nothing to do and i couldn't hang out with people i couldn't do anything and so, and I had a thyroid problem at the time. So I, even if I wanted to go hang out with people, my body wouldn't let me. I was just like worn out all the time. So I literally was like, wait, if we play a show that's a whole year away, instead of just rehashing the same old stuff, what if we had new songs to play for these kids? And I was like, maybe I write the most awful garbage ever. And then Hunter and Jeff and everybody will tell me, uh, or I write something that's actually comparable to the hardest fight and we can actually use it surprisingly after some back and forth we realized it was going to work and magically came out an ep after 17 years i think that's super cool because if you think about it like hardest fight like as far as like sonically wasn't like there were like vocally and a little bit but there's still like you guys had had your own lane and my there's a lot of, there was a lot of melodic bands but there wasn't too many that were doing exactly what you were doing melodically um around the time and and you fast forward to now there's hardly there's hardly any bands that are trying to uh mishmash like moshy metallic hardcore with with melodic hardcore no yeah. like so like you guys are still basically staying in your own in your own lane in a sense and 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 keeping fresh and unique even if it's on not on purpose but like they're like and it's kind of cool because like when after you guys did your uh uh reunion that's kind of like the point where i've started to see less and less people try to make melodic bands like Mm -hmm. it, it was like either they were either going the kind of the run for cover uh route mm-hmm. where they're either going to be either super like emo alts uh even more like screamo and, or they're actually going to be a, a hardcore band or a fucking mosh band like there wasn't any bands that were really doing the love is red or the sinking ships or any of that um type of thing and but you're kind of starting to see that um roll around again with bands like one step closer um and this and other bands kind of starting to emulate a style from 2000s obviously because you have like nostalgia cycle with people like yeah and i really i really got burnt out on that 10 years ago but now it's but uh i kind of miss it now (laughs) yeah it all comes funny enough i think that's how this ep works out because if we've been in a cycle maybe five years after we broke up where we wrote that, it might not have been anything mm-hmm. people were interested in. But after I wrote it, the messages on IG or just like random friends that we've been friends with in the past, they're like, dude, that sounds like you wrote that the day after the hardest fight came out. They're like, this shit's amazing. I'm like, really? Like, I mean, it does feel that way to me, but I was surprised that the old feel of that hardcore people cared about but i guess we hit the cycle just right because it seems to be kind of a thing again yeah i mean i feel like it's kind of like 
it's that 90 the 90s thing is was huge for a minute and it still kind of is the uh all, every band like foundation every band trying to sound like the trials and the unbrokens and stuff and now we're moving into that early 2000s uh like we're a lot of the a lot of those bands even like martyr ad and stuff that are people that five years ago did not care about or like obsessed with now and uh so yeah maybe maybe that's it um right place right time time. and that's not it's not like we're it just kind of worked out that way it's not like we came back and are like oh yeah 2000s are becoming like a thing again (laughs) let's cash in on this it literally was a product of me stuck in my fucking house with nothing to do is what it was. Of us were just like, yeah, let's do it. And then at that same time, we decided, well, we're not going to put a seven inch out or, or, or just a demo or like throw it on. We want a physical product. So we decided to get the, um, the hardest fight remastered and put that on vinyl and put this on the, on the B side of that vinyl so that it can be a, it, it can be actually a physical copy. And so it kind of flows with that. So pretty cool. Speaking of flow, like if you listen to like currently, like, like if you go to Spotify, like it's a mixed bag between like your, t- like the top five top songs yeah. are, are some of the, are the new ones and the old ones. If you just kind of go through it sonically, it just, if it, it flows so well, honestly, it's like, it's like you guys never fucking skipped the beat. <laughs> that I'm, I'm happy of because I, I honestly they're bands that have come back after like a long break and they put out that album and you're like god dude why yeah why do this? it sounds terrible and i was really worried about that but i knew that like jeff and hunter for different reasons like jeff can really hit on like the punk and melodic style stuff where hunter is more in the moshy shit and like i knew they were going to pinpoint if i'd fucked up somewhere um so yeah they kept me in check basically no yeah for like 20 minutes each at first we turned them down to a couple minutes <laughs> just because just because you have yeah. the time. <laughs> honestly these songs are um and i've said it to these guys before uh they're um I, I there's some of my favorite love is red songs like I, I don't i don't like the like especially like the back the sing-alongs in the in the hardest fight i think they were recorded shitty and they sound like you're in a freaking echo chamber or something but the uh how this all sounds sonically the backups everything just fit perfectly and and it's some of my favorite songs you know something i noticed jeff um when we recorded the gang vocals in the hardest fight hunter didn't do sing over the there's gang vocals but hunter didn't sing so his voice drops out and there's gang yeah. vocals i was like what an idiot and then i listened to i think it's in this defiance like strife strife does that probably because they had 500 people doing it but um, <laughs> but yeah the strife record the vocals dropped out so in this one we told hunter we're like have the gang vocals done sing with it though because it sounds weird when you drop out um we had like five guys we recorded in birmingham alabama for the hardest fight we had like five guys show up at the studio to help us do gang vocals and probably seven or eight for this new one 
So it still would have been kind of thin sounding. And um, we actually did a podcast speaking of uh, a couple of weeks ago where a guy touched on something and I didn't even know it's because I'm a bad hardcore kid. I don't really know what's going on right now. Uh, the gang vocals really aren't necessarily a thing in like current hardcore. So we kind of brought that back, <laughs> I guess. Well, it's it, they they try. They really do that I, I would I would say I would say that the if you are a younger hardcore listener and you understand you and you see a band retry that because that they're ba- you they're a band from a certain era. There's I think there's a certain respect being like, okay, we get I get where you're coming from. But sometimes I just it just really de- for me gang vocals are a band by band basis for me whether I'm I'm gonna be like all on them but like you guys can't you guys came from the fucking black my heart era like that I'm 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 all I'm all I'm all in like on on those because it just it reminds me of this of of the shit that I got into in that time in that time yeah but if it's just a beat down like if you're if you're like a new young beatdown band trying to do something i'm i'm in like do what you want but i'm it's not it it's not gonna excite me mm-hmm. just my opinion <laughs> i think we we're yeah we, i mean our our influences when we were the reason we wanted those were uh because of the bands that like influenced influenced this like trial and and ten yard fight and all the youth crew bands of the nineties that just it it made the energy of the shows and just the records just like so much more so um but they have to be sound good on record to yeah, matter it definitely you know and those bands hit hit well like so for the ones like like you talk about 10 yard fight and trial, like in trial usually did more of a, did more um, like stuff in their fat, their faster material than the, yeah. they didn't really do as many like, yeah. Uh, get, yeah. They didn't really do gang vocals uh, for are these our lives? Cause that shit was heavy in its own right. Didn't really need it. <laughs> oh, not at all. They matured a little bit and wrote one of the heaviest, records of the 90s so one of my it's i can go on and on greg and trial that's my that's that's the reason i fucking still like do what i do and love and love hardcore so i hate on now because of roger (laughs) (laughs) i loved them growing up they were yeah i don't know I liked all the albums, but that's another example of like how people didn't know much about anything prior to the hardest fight. Most kids just knew are these our lives. They didn't know about like foundation or anything before that, um, through the darkest days, like those records, like they, but they knew are these our lives. And I had, um, I think I got through the darkest days. It was on a 10 inch record in like Birmingham, Alabama. And, uh, that's my first exposure to them. So when, are these our lives came out i grabbed the cd just thinking oh it's gonna sound like this and it did but it was even heavier and just more insane i remember i pulled into this like parking lot of like a coffee shop where me and my friends always hung out and i was like 
come here, come here. And like everybody like crowded around my car. We listened to our, these are lives almost front to back before we even went inside to go get something to drink. Cause I was just like, you got to hear the CD. And like, we couldn't stop listening to it. So definitely a huge influence. Yeah. No, because I listened to those songs like, and I heard, I heard like, you know, 500 years and stuff like that. And, um, for the kids. And I was, and I was, uh, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Hardcore. And then, and then I was shown that the, the first in the intro into the, into are these our lives. And I, my mind was literally, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was gal- full on galaxy brain. Like it's, it, it, I, I was just like, I can, I will, I don't know if I'll ever find anything is as good and as perfect as as this record <laughs> i've never seen kids mosh to a symphonic uh song except for when trial plays the the intro and kids already just start moshing to it before even the the symbols kick in it's just it's kind of funny to watch but i get it too it's like the the hype up before the the storm absolutely <laughs> the 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 st- basically it's 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 either it's either tr- it's either it's either a trial intro or a fuck it or a fucking uh, warm a warm up to a James Bond action scene. <laughs> but yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So yes, yeah, you guys like so you guys have Furnace Fest coming uh, coming up, and then there's there's like a pre- there's another show, correct? There's yeah. like pre-show show and that and you were talking about the gap between like the older bands and newer bands with our, our nashville show um is a good example of that we've got because it has comeback kid terror us misery signals but then it has dare who's like they just out phenomenal new ep and song um uh one step closer uh mad train is another one that's just blowing up uh new on the on the scene that and um and our friends from hollywood and uh my friends from richmond mutually assured destruction so all these newer newer younger bands with these older bands and it's just going to be fun i think i'm more excited about that show um just being the hometown show it'll be our first show back and just 750 kids just 700 kids packed in the spot um but yeah that's the that's the thursday before furnace fest starts so yeah nostalgia is cool and i know like the 2010s is like like the last decade hardcore and everything like we're all like kind of tried to you know everyone tried to cash in on some some sort of hardcore nostalgia here or there but like there are like i think what you said for a lot that for that lineup is just like honestly so cohesive and great because all those bands are like even the bands that have been you know legacy bands are bands that continue to put out killer mm-hmm. material you guys and now you guys are on that as well crazy enough and and have um these bands who if you've seen their shows since the since things have eased up like you know uh regulation wise their shows with like 
with like Drain and bands like that are just like the, that was the West Coast. I wish I know I have I have West I have envy being on this coast, but like knowing that just like twenty hours down away, there's just fucking insane shows going down yeah. in California. They can thank me for that. I mean, that New York show kind of opened hardcore back up. But people were talking a lot of shit on that. And then next thing you know, LA's doing it and <laughs> freaking crazy. I mean, those LA shows, like that one with Alpha and Omega and those um, Section Hate and all those. And then that next show with Drain and Zabalba, those shows were. I mean, those are ones that will probably go down in L.A. history. Um, just the madness of the shows. But, I mean, people want it back. And, and yeah, what? it's people- cool. Every show is selling out. Like, every hardcore show around the country is just selling out and just packed. Yeah. So, it's awesome. That's, I'm, that's, it's, 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 it's crazy to see. I mean, we're we're slow. We're very slow to start here in the Pacific Northwest, despite having really cool and con- like for the bands that that are still exist. The ones that do exist are really good bands. We have you know members of Regional Justice Center and bands like that up here that are really like popular and good bands. But like, it's we're. We're just uh, kind of holding on and, and and just wait, waiting to see. I feel like we're always the we're always the last last to the party out here. <laughs> so, I, you, got, you got a you got a new hardcore band that'll be coming up soon. I, I've got I started another one. So got another hardcore band coming up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, do you speaking of all old uh, melodic hardcore bands? You you know, with honor, um, correct. The bassist Jack moved to Seattle a couple of years ago, and like I didn't even know he moved here. And like then we linked up, and I work in real estate, and I helped him buy his house. <laughs> and then he was just like, I you know I'm out here. I know people, but like nothing's going on. Let's do a band, and we we started like an indie band that we can't get a damn vocals for um kind of like hot water music style but then we were like well this isn't working so we started playing like hardcore with the old vocalist of love is red because he lives here too um and we've written six songs probably recording but it'll have to be after furnace fest because i'm trying to focus on making sure i don't fuck up these love is red songs um and then hopefully have an ep out next year and then play some seattle shows but I think the first show I'm going back to isn't even a hardcore show. It's These Arms Are Snakes uh, at the end of August. They reunited and they're playing and I bought tickets. I think it's at Numos or something like that. So that's my first official show back uh, from the pandemic is These Arms Are Snakes. I just got to figure out what's all what's all happening anytime soon because lo- I'll, look, I'll look at something and I'll be like, I'll be like oh, Circle Jerks. Oh, March. And then quick quicksand is, I think not even, I don't think it's this year. I could be wrong. Uh, There quicksands coming at some, at some, at some point, but I I think I, I feel, I have a feeling it's February. I feel like next year. What? 
feel like a lot of those bands like quicksand or something's probably like 2022 yeah uh i i can't remember i i did just see something about that actually they they just released a song today i haven't even listened to it <laughs> i need to yeah wow. just on spotify today damn I listened to the the other the other song. It the they put out a they put out a single a, a couple weeks ago. It yeah sounds like it sounds like a a more like not in a bad way in any way. It sounded like a way, a way more like alt rockier Radiohead. That's oh. what that's that's what it sounded to me. Yeah. So, I can I can feel that, but and I have no and I have no I have no problem with that because <laughs> Walter's vocals I love I love I love I love I mean, uh, Grow Biscuits was the uh, like was the beginning for me. Trial kept me kept me uh, kept me on the path, and uh, so anything that like Walter does like I'm 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 all in for that just because. I love that. Um, just another band. Uh, it seems like lately, anytime a band that, uh, like bands that I that I loved growing up, including you guys, have not let me down, like musically when they've put when they put out music. So uh, good on you for that. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so like lately, because I did because I think just even a couple years ago, like oh, because people will send like will send me stuff and send me their record or i'll reach out to a band like oh i'm like oh i'd be really excited to talk to them for the show and then i'm but then i'm like oh i have not heard what their new new record sounds like so like i really have to come with this being understanding that i might not like this new record uh it's happened to me before um but mostly of most of the time it's been I've been like, man, this is fucking good. Same with you guys. Uh, same with Morning Again. A couple years ago, the I really enjoyed the uh, their uh, twenty eighteen uh, EP that they that they came out with. And so I've been pleasantly surprised, and and I think it's just it just helps with like like you guys you guys you guys talked about technology time. It's it's like almost it's so fucking easy now to like not have to live anywhere near each other and and, and have and just over time uh hash out something that's creative and not just like try to oh my god we have to fucking uh we're all gonna get together we have one weekend to to get in the studio and do a thing and i think that's where it's like fuck that's uh, that, uh, that, that's just not the move that can't be the move anymore for people. Yeah. And same with practicing. I mean, me and Roger are actually going to start next week on these Zoom practices because <laughs> got to relearn. <laughs> it's been dust off the boots. Um, and uh, so it that makes it easier. So we're not going in into these practices before the shows and um, not knowing what the hell we're doing. We might be able to sound good, so I think I, was, I think I was, just I just have to uh, we just have to um, get back in shape because 
I was watching this Hellfest set that Hate Five Six is about to release tomorrow. Our set from uh, Hellfest and like running around like a kid, you know, on stage, and that was kind of my thing. And like, dang, man, I'm 40. I gotta figure out how to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna hit up sick of it all. <laughs> See if they can teach me. Because I think you Hate Five Six did another did a put out another video a little a little bit ago too, like a month ago. Yeah, that and this one's actually way better. Uh, if you um, you should go on the website tomorrow and check it out because uh, it's like professionally recorded. It was supposed to be on the Hellfest DVD in two thousand four, but then that didn't happen. Uh, he just put out. We played a show with a veil in Nashville. It was like two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, and someone sent him the videos from that and he, uh, he put that out, but it's kind of dark. looks like a, but I'm yeah, but oh. Avell's my favorite ever. And, uh, so that was cool. That's, I mean, you got the, Sonny does the best he can with some of that. Cause who knows what they were, who, what some of those people were like recording their shows with, with, yeah. like, Big, the big, uh, yeah, the uh, Hellfest one comes out tomorrow, which you probably catch on his site or YouTube or whatever. So I'll be, I'll be interested in checking that out myself. Same. I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very not uh, bummed that I'm not like, cause I was, so I plan, I was planning to go the first time to, I was planning to go to Furnace Fest and then, and then uh, the pandemic happened, and time wait wasted. And then I was just like, I've been so I've been so busy, and I was like, fuck. I was like, there's just no freaking way to make it to to make it over to Furnace Fest now. And I'm like, because I had it specifically planned, and then when it changed, um, my my friend who had a ticket, um over time gave his ticket away and then i was like i'm not now i can't now i can't fucking uh pl- now i can't uh plan because like dude it's such like it's uh definitely like feels like man this is the last time i'm gonna i'd be able to see any of these yeah things, you know growing up oh did jeff jeff uh is probably is probably his uh wanking time yeah. <laughs> Well, we had to say wasn't very important. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I think speaking of changing with Furnace Fest, I think they just sold out of the three day pass like yesterday or something. Makes sense. It's getting closer. Like we talked about a little bit about the New York show and stuff like that. And like at that point, people were not were uncertain of what they wanted wanted to do. But because of the West Coast, LA People see mm-hmm. people when people saw those shows, they're like, "Fuck, I want that." It's I came on back in my life. It's crazy because there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of hate towards that. I mean, anything if you're the first one to come back from something so major like this, you're gonna there's gonna be some naysayers, and it's still a little uncomfortable times. Even right now, with it, who knows what's about to happen with this Delta variant, you know? But um, the uh yeah it's just funny how much hate like that new york show guy and then as soon as 
what happened. It's like pushing shows pop up here, 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 everywhere. And uh, and people were just like, man, that looks cool. There was a show in Richmond that I guess technically the first hardcore metal show back in Richmond was at this park, um, Belle Isle, uh, two weekends ago. And it's like a bunch of metal, like thrash bands from here. And the whole it's like right on the James river and just this old park. And it's like every crusty in Richmond was there and it was packed. And, uh, I saw videos of that and it looked crazy. So, and Richmond's one of those cities where people were kind of on the fence of doing anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's back. Yeah, we're, we're, back. Back. we're back, baby. Um, so, with like new new music, have you guys had any like notable interactions with like anybody who has never heard your band like pr- prior? Like anything with the new like that have because like I feel like your band came back into the conversation for the first time in a decade when uh, you guys got announced for Furnace Fest. So with new music, have have you got any like? new interactions from from people like from the uh from the newest generation of hardcore kids Um, are we sure you run the you run the social media have we huh so not like brand new like shit i've never heard of love is red before like this is awesome but kids wait trevor how old are you again 32 okay so kids that are probably like late 20s maybe or somewhere in there they're like, oh my God, I never got to see you guys. You know, my older brother got me in the hardest fight and I listened to that CD religiously. I didn't think I'd ever hear any music from you guys. This is like a gift, like, hey, I have something for my, you know, I've had kids say that. Um, I haven't just uh, heard something like, oh, this is brand new to me. Um, we did a couple of like, uh, or maybe it's not even like uh, written interviews, but like just when, uh, zines review the the EP like every once in a while I'll just look through and just see if people are talking shit because I think it's funny um, and there was one guy that was like oh I've never heard this band they sound like Shia Lou <laughs> <laughs> and so, but it wasn't an interaction like he talked to us it was just like oh he'd never heard of us and now he has that's kind of cool um, but the speaking of that like a lot of the reviews have been I actually I don't think I've seen any negative ones not that I care but um I was surprised once again, because coming back, you'd think, oh, they're just trying to rehash some same old bullshit. And like, we haven't really run into that. You know, once again, we weren't trying to like break the mold with anything. We were just trying to write what Love is Red wrote. So. And I think, I think that that comes across like listening to it. I think it's like, honestly, like I, I feel like, like sonically it's like no time has passed, but also like, I feel like, I can also kind of feel that more, I guess, at least lyrical and a little bit more maturity, like in the, in the sound, in the sound. If I, like, I can, I can kind of tell like where some people like, uh, you know, try to get back to that place. It sounds like the music actually grew with you guys. Oh yeah. Roger plays guitar a little, a little bit. Learned how to strum his guitar. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing, um, the only reviews I see is uh, 
damn, that guy says fuck a lot on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize it, but in the hardest fight, I don't think he, he doesn't swear once in the hardest fight, does he? No. And it's like the exact opposite. Like he got in his 40s and like has kids. And he's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> he's got to have an outlet where we're kids. Two kids and now he's got to curse all the time. Yeah, I think Love is Red was when I first started doing stuff at the college radio station. That was it was it was easy with the early material because I like I had no idea how to edit music. So like I I had to always like for the first like month before I learned how to use the programs, I just like had to find listen through songs that actually were were clean. And I'll be like (laughs) holding on to dear life being like like listening for the three to four minutes and be like, cause sometimes like bands like that, like I, I remember just like everyone, like at first turnstile never like cussed too much. And then they just out of nowhere, just one random fuck. I'm like, God damn it. Cause uh, so I'd be like screening shit like that. So like, it, I always had, I always had that. And so, and and if I if I didn't have time, I would put your stuff and some some sort of face down band because I'd be like I'd be like I I don't have time I don't know how to edit I don't have time. For this. <laughs> yeah, that was also the misconception with the, with the face down as uh I think because we didn't he didn't cuss on that record a lot and I still get people telling me that they they think that we were a Christian band and. Uh, Cause you got, you got love in the name. Yeah. And then I think b- way bef- before I joined the band, I think they played like, I don't know. They were all Christians, I think, but, we, we and then cornerstone twice, I think in 2001 and two, maybe. Yeah. That's whack. The fest was lame. The, the cool thing. <laughs> was, we got to play with like stretch Armstrong and, uh, and and I got to ironically see Striper. So <laughs> honestly, that's kind of sick. It's kind of funny. Yeah, funny. But like, it, uh, yeah, we grew up. I would say when we started Love Is Red, there was at least three of us out of the five were Christian. And you know, fast forward to Hardest Fight, Love Is Red, and I think zero Christian. Like <laughs> went went from I one- think. Yeah, we we toured we toured with uh Under Earth. Our it was like our first U.S. full U.S. tour was with them, and uh, I think we might have gone out of the way, at least me, I don't know, um, <laughs> to try to piss off like Christians. And so I don't know why I was stupid, twenty two year old, twenty three year old at the time, um, to say the stupidest shit on stage and. I probably lost a lot of fans there, but a lot of chances. Um, Team JC folks, we still love you. Yeah. Well, you know, a, I, I think I mentioned this on the other thing. There is a, this also doesn't help our, our name. After we broke up, there's a conference, a Christian conference in oh, yeah. called Love is Red Conference. They had to have known of our name and everything before that. We didn't put up a fight. Well, well, some of the earlier, some of their logos were pretty much very similar to our logo. Hard at and, the time. Yeah. 
So what was funny is uh, these, when I, I think it was my first start of the Instagram. When I first started the Instagram, it might've been Facebook, but I think it was Instagram. Uh, like these teenagers would be, oh, can't wait for Love is Red. And they tag us and be like, oh man, you guys like melodic hardcore, that's sweet. And I would like say something stupid back to them and they would immediately like untag us because they were talking about the conference <laughs> and not our band. They like looked two seconds of what we were and they're like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I do have a confession though. Here's the confession is- You went to the uh, conference? Lo Love is Red is actually not- um, playing furnace fest it's actually the love is red conference is doing a bible study at furnace fest <laughs> yeah. so gotcha honestly, no honestly april falls would is that really a prank i mean with all the fucking christian bands that are playing furnace fest <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, we just pranked ourselves actually you, yeah, you yeah just, now, now we're about just, to get kicked off you just played yourselves yeah um yeah it is it is funny there i i used to go and just on instagram and look at the hashtags for love is red look, sometimes people would post photos and um it would just be all the love is red conference and it's just like oh dude they're pro they're, they're, they're praying for you guys <laughs> yeah yeah trying to bring us back to the fold oh well yeah no but, but hey. Whatever makes them happy. Well, it's also interesting crossover because I came out of that, came out of that world. Um, I most of us did. When I came, when, as a, as a, as a super uh, face down loving uh, person, individual, in the out of out of high school, like I kind of still was struggling with my with what my identity in life was. So I still I hung out in a small town and hung out with primarily like church people so but looking back it's just so crazy like to even think like of how much like the those bands took over heavy music like oh it's crazy i mean i grew up on that i grew up on tooth and nail records and yeah. the early early stages of tooth and nail even back like one of the first hardcore heavy hardcore bands i ever heard was unashamed yep. that and i had that cassette tape silence that was like uh and you know on but they think like they're all wearing like undertow shirts and stuff and i'm like damn this is heavy and uh like mxpx of course is a gateway band for even like blink all the all these mainstream punk bands right now they were like the gateway band like newfound glory and everyone uh started because of like mxpx and Granted, I think Newfound Glory started out maybe Christian dudes, but I I never identified. I like grew up in a strict Christian family, but I did not believe that stuff. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up. I went to all those shows when they came. I saw Living Sacrifice, Ninety Pound Was Super Tough. I saw all those because that was the music that I was allowed to listen to um as a teen all my secular stuff i had like rancid tapes and no effects and stuff and my mom would find them and burn them in a bonfire <laughs> because they were like not not christian and it, it was crazy it was uh, but i'm from nashville and that's that's how it was there you know at least to where i'm from i don't know maybe that's not how it was that's what i thought it was was 
No, but they, all those bands made a huge yeah. impact in that in in the in the nineties. Huge. And uh, that's crazy. And Especially lived, in the South. And I've lived in Seattle my whole life, so I like we got tooth and nail, solid state. Yeah. And like it's just um it's funny how unintentionally some of those bands were kids step into non-christianity into the secular world because they they got into that they felt more comfortable and then they were like the rest of this is cut these bands are cool but the rest of this is kind of uh not for me (laughs) so so like they it's almost like they slowly like like these christian alt and heavy and hardcore bands got people ready for these these super homeschooled people ready for real life (laughs) (laughs) yeah because half not a single person i would say what happens with these people is either and this is just me speaking because i know because i know this for a fact they either fully get into like they fully get into like alt culture and get into being a punk or hardcore kid not giving a fuck about any of that shit or they buckle down get and get and become some sort of weird youth pastor yeah so (laughs) many youth pastors (laughs) so they they either they either stop believing or they or they double or they double down and try to be that the cool Uh, hip uh, youth pastor with a who, who looks like a fucking who, who looks like almost like a Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, so thanks so much for uh, taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Well, talk to me. Uh, <laughs> us, the, my my co-host usually hops on after. When we're doing the the main show and not the interview part, um, but uh, anything else you guys want to add? Um, you guys have your new your new record out is is out right now. You can listen to it. Uh, where's places you can? Is there any physical copies uh, currently left? That well, they're they're at the pressing pressing plant. There's 400 getting pressed. Um, we'll have them at at our shows in Nashville, and then. And at Furnace Fest, um, they're in. They're getting pressed at, at a, one of the only plants in the in the world that we didn't have to wait two years to get, get records made. Uh, it's out of Detroit, and luckily our singer lives there, so he was is able to do it. Um, but those would be out. We got newer for that soft white and darkness is waiting together on vinyl uh we'll have those at the shows and then we'll have them online for you and one last final thought as i'm looking so so and i and obviously this is a question i've listened to a couple of their interviews and podcasts that you've had you guys have already kind of talked about like the artwork being kind of similar but what was the thought process for for basically almost just like taking the almost taking the artwork um uh, with the with the cupped hands and basically just is there any was there any thought process with just like f- basically flipping it you just it's almost well, it's basically 
one's down, and then he flip, and then he just like the new the darkest waiting is flipped up. But that was kind of um, a friend and uh, Richmond did that artwork, Jason Mazzola, um, and he he kind of came up with that concept. I kind of I took the I put an old poster of ours and I took the CD. I was like, hey, we want kind of this concept, but reworked. And um, yeah, he came up with that. And we he sent back, he sent like five different versions to us um, that he had come up with. And we chose that. And um, all of them were really good. But that dude, does, he's done stuff for like Strike Anywhere, Darkest Hour like the, the newer strike anywhere stuff new dark darkest hour record and uh, he just does sick shit and uh yeah so he kind of came up with that and we just liked it and uh yeah and that and the record's gonna have like a little poster fold out um as the insert so it'll be cool but so- and currently both shows are sold out, correct? Uh, yeah, the Nashville show sold out. And then Furnace Fest, the three-day tickets are sold out, but there are single-day tickets. I don't know how that works, but there's single-day tickets left for a couple of the days maybe. Um, I think Friday and or maybe Saturday and Sunday, there's single tickets left. We'll just say Sunday since we're playing Sunday and hopefully people, more people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Turnstile is playing it. So that it is sell out. Kill switch and Turnstile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. The, the vinyl, uh, cause and, and he already touched on it, but people do keep asking. They're like, Hey, this is great. Will it be physical copies? Literally is going to be both releases on one thing because we thought, well, we could release an LP or and a seven inch, but the problem is that costs more money. Number two, people don't listen to fucking seven inches anymore. I mean, I do. I have seven inches, but I actually don't buy them anymore. And most people don't. Um, I, I had a band that we did some seven inches and just, they just sat, but the LPs were like flying off the shelf. So I was like, well, we can make this fit. It's like a bonus to having the hardest fight. So you can just get them both together. Um, it's a, the, the guy basically promised that he'd have it to us before Furnace Fest. We may have some pre-orders of maybe a hundred prior to that. If not, if we don't sell them out at the show, there'll be a repress. Um, yeah. Over and out records. Yeah. Over and out records, dude was going to originally help us out. He will put out the repress if we need to do another run of them so that people, cause there's a lot of kids that said, Hey, I can't make it to any of these shows. I want one of those records though. So um so there will be a way to order them probably on our band camp. So basically check the social media, Instagram, Facebook, band camp will have a pre-order set up so that people can order the physical copies of both those records together. Yeah. I, I, I definitely encourage that for anyone listening, just cause uh, this is probably, I'm not trying to speak for y'all, but uh, it's probably the one and only time to see or grab these fucking records, unless you guys have, I mean, it seems like you have other projects you're work you're working on, and everybody else has lives. So uh, don't don't sleep on this. If you really like what you're listening to, uh, don't fucking sleep on this. Yeah, and Seattle folks out there, we got a new band, so we'll see you next year whenever we actually play a show. Hell yeah! Go see Bray Nofa. <laughs> yeah, the doom metal band isn't really playing anymore, but uh, 
Uh, it gets brought up in every. You were in, you were in that band. You were in that band too. Frank Nafa, yeah. Okay, yeah. I... That was his baby. So the original vocalist of Love Is Red is in that band. We've basically been in bands together since the '90s. Um, and when uh, singing was done, I doing different, and I, I like stuff like Isis and Neurosis and shit like that. So I was like, I wonder if I can do that. But that entails learning how to use a ton of pedals, playing 10 minute long songs and, you know, just like really changing your style up. And, and Rob also like the original vocals really liked that style. So we were just like, let's just try it. If it sucks, we can stop. And we ended up doing it for 10 years. We stopped playing right before the pandemic because a couple of dudes moved and um, I actually had material that I'll probably still record just for the hell of it because I figure out we, Love is Red can do it. So um, I'll probably record material for Break Nafa, but uh, the new band's called Witness Marks. And like I said, kind of like HopeCon, Modern Life is War style stuff. A Christian. Board. Uh, <laughs> but it's a okay. Christian band. Okay, oh, good. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually a Christian Wiccan. Uh, and on Wednesdays, we're a Satanist band. So just look, look out for it on Truth and Now yeah. records. I can't. I, I can't wait. I'll. I'll let. Uh, I'll. I will be. Uh, I'll be awaiting that tooth and nail. Uh, pre-order. I will. I will my my annoying ass will probably be posting about it on the Love Is Red page when it's out, trying to get people to follow the page and shit. So you'll know when there's updates on that. <laughs> I'll. I'll. I'll alert the face down. My the face down Facebook group that uh, right. Christian band is. Uh, and take take hold records. Roger was, yeah. Roger was the very first band on Take Hold Records. Speaking of Furnace Fest, do you know? Do you know Take Hold? Do you know what Take Hold was? Um, I've I'm, I don't I don't I'm gonna. It was Chad that worked. I don't even think he does anything with Solid State anymore. But he basically got bought out by Tooth and Nail because Chad had signed Under Oath, and now I'm already spacing on the other bands. That, he had he had a bunch of bands that Solid State wanted, and. Yeah. They bought him out but he started that label in alabama and he didn't have any bands at first and so we had uh, what i like to call, call middle school hardcore because we didn't oh, yeah. we didn't know what we wanted to be we weren't old school or new school we were middle school and so it was called withstand and uh we were not good but he chose to put it out and then like two albums later he put out the first under oath record and that label blew up, but that was also a band that didn't last very long. It was probably like two years. I don't, I don't remember. When I <laughs> when I think the word middle school hardcore, it it automatically goes down to the it, it it makes me think of splitting headache from down to nothing and kids like us. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think of I completely I completely think of something Shout with out. ridiculous fucking uh ridiculous fucking artwork. Something that just looks like skate or die. Fast, him, him, that that make fun music, but I couldn't, but I couldn't stand hanging out with them for more than like an hour before I need to go home. <laughs> Sounds like hanging around Jeff. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's my uh, that's my that's my homies in in Richmond, my poker country fam crew, down to nothing. <laughs> um yeah i went on the road with them uh uh several times in the mid 2000s like 2007 i went to europe over to europe with those guys and yeah we're we're all a bunch of uh, i can't even tell stories on here yeah, <laughs> nothing is wild it's it's basically that uh yeah roger spent some time 
actually, Roger went, went to Japan with them. Went to went was on tour with them in Japan, and then right after their tour, I met met up with them in Germany and did a European tour with them for like six weeks, and that was amazing. But so it's basically they, so, like the so cover they, of that record. So are they fun or are they boring? Oh, fun they're those dudes are some of the funniest you know, think dumb and dumber think the movie dumb and dumber meets like jackass meets i don't know if you don't Just get injured by them, if you don't get injured by them you didn't have a good tour you get tased you get whipped by a belt jared tased me once uh in japan he also woke us up in the hotel room he had soaked an entire bathrobe in water so it weighed like a hundred pounds <laughs> He said, break yourself, bitch. I looked up and he hit me in the head with it. My nuts snapped completely back. And I thought I had a concussion just from him almost knocking my head off with a soaked bathrobe. Yeah, I mean, that's just, that's the that's the chill stuff they've done. Like, they've done a lot more wild shit that, like, yeah. make bands not want to go on tour with them. <laughs> but also, dude, like, I love those dudes. Those, are, those dudes are some of my favorite humans human beings and um you it, it, you can never let them know that uh like you've you've reached your peak or or you're fucked if you reach your peak with them just pretend you haven't or or you're done especially if you get daniel david and jared in the room together but it, <laughs> just, say I'm, cool. just say so i'm fine because if you're like man i'm I'm kind of over this i'm over your bullshit they're gonna i was like oh you're done you're not <laughs> They're like, you're not even begun to be done with our bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But, but I love those. I mean, the two of those guys have families and real, like, real. Well, I mean, Daniel's a doctor now. He was literally shitting in his hands, throwing it at, at us, literally. And now he's a doctor, you know? So <laughs> there's that. There's Helping that. with. <laughs> Helping with with, with four <laughs> kids now, uh, yeah. Maybe I love those guys. Uh, learned how to not put shit in his hands uh, while he while he was uh, while he was learning to be a doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or he just put gloves on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those guys, yeah, fun times. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, some some good shit some good stories uh i'm like i said i'm uh i'm loving the new the new material um i'm just as surprised as you guys are and everybody else is that this uh came out and it's fucking it's it's great there's like like i said there's not too many melodic things out there that's that's like this so uh if you are if you are a fan of love is red this is a fucking love is red release there's nothing there's uh they didn't skip a beat pull no punches if you love anything in the in the veins of you know like misery signal or any of the mid 2000s uh hardcore metal uh groups of that era um you will not be disappointed thanks for having us on man also shout out to kinsman and and uh rob for uh being a huge part of this so bringing bringing the old school and the new school guys back so yeah um, but yeah thanks for having us on man and this was awesome members recorded but yeah thanks for having us on 
Absolutely. So we're going to get off the recording and we'll be back. You're listening to Dead Air, two hours of hardcore radio. on our social medias instagram and twitter both at dead air nwcz and tiktok at x dead air x follow us or don't i just don't want to hear any fucking complaining